And welcome back to the Sabbatarianism podcast. My name is Justin. I have back with me Mr. Richard Davis, my co-host and friend. Hello, sir. Hello, Justin. All right. So today we are going to pick up where we left off. It's been several weeks since we've recorded, so we're we're kind of refreshing ourselves on on where we are at here. But we left off with John 4. We're going to pick up with John 5. Uh, But first and foremost, we want to encourage everybody to go out and read your Bible for yourself. Um, That is the most important thing. Uh, Richard, you and your wife read the Bible every single day together, correct? That's our goal. We do most of the time. Okay. Yeah, and I read every single day myself, besides the Sabbath, besides uh, what you and I do here. It's important to have that time alone with God, reading His Word. So we want to encourage everybody to do that first. Read the whole Bible for yourself and then come back here. And also, we would like to encourage you to start in the beginning. Uh, If you're new to the podcast, please start on at least on uh, number three and get started with the history of the covenants because we are not going to be able to summarize 13 episodes worth of uh, material every single time we we do a podcast otherwise we wouldn't get anything done so uh, we might reference some things that are in that uh, series that confuses you so we encourage you to go back and listen to that first and then catch up to here so public address or public announcements over uh we ready to get started richard we are all right let's pick it up in john 5 please sir okay after this there was a feast of the jews and jesus went up to jerusalem now there is in jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in hebrew bethesda having five porches and these lay a great multitude of sick people blind lame paralyzed waiting for the moving of the water For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Let's pause there. Yes. So 
another difference between their time and our time is no one disputed that this pool, this Bethsaida, Bethesda, Bethesda, that pool was making people well. There was actually a pool there that was making people well. Uh, And then I I wanted to ask, where in the uh, law of Moses does it say you can't carry your bed? It doesn't. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's a... That's something Many they things have, they had added. Something they have added, exactly. Yes, the law said you were not to do your customary work. And then they wanted to kill him for breaking their law that yeah. they had put in it. That's right. But I, I think it's not inferred here, but what really made him want to kill him was the fact that people were coming to him and that he had that power and they didn't. I think that's jealousy. more than likely was a motive. Power is always a motive for men yeah. who want to play God. Yeah. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all the things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. Most assuredly, or that word, I think, judgment, probably should be read yeah, I was condemnation. Ask okay, so the Father doesn't condemn anyone, is what he's saying here in verse he, 22? He shall, if he truly believes in Christ and follows him truthfully, then he won't come into condemnation. He's passed into eternal life. That's what the sacrifice of Christ does for us. Okay. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. He's talking here about the resurrection. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth and those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He is the burning and shining lamp, and you are willing for a time to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than John's, for the works which your Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me. He's speaking of John the Baptist yes. here, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. And the Father... Bear witness of me that the Father has sent me, and the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, 
but you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent him you do not believe. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they which testify of me, but you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you have not received me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another, and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? So this, what he, he's addressing the Pharisees who have accused him. Yes, right here, right? They, right? they said, you shouldn't have done this on the Sabbath, and this is his reply to them. Yes. Quite lengthy. Um, the words and the works that he does bear witness of him. You know, he, he just said, rise up and walk. And where does that come from? It comes from God, God the Father. There's a witness, yet they have all kind of contorted motives and reasons that will not allow them to accept what Moses clearly said. And he's saying that itself uh, acute Moses accuses you because you don't believe what he said. Yeah, but in verse 39, also to build on to that, really, it says, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they that testify of me. The scriptures, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a lesson for us as well is, is eternal life is not in the law, it's not in the scriptures, it's in it Christ. is in Messiah. Yes, but Moses are the, the what we call they would call the law testified of the Messiah. Right. So it's and in teaches that. us how to abide in Him and and how to have the right heart and and all those things. So, mm-hmm. uh, but that that's not where it is. It's not in the scriptures. We love the scriptures. We're in here doing a, a podcast on the Bible. We love the scriptures, but that's not where eternal life is. No, eternal life is in. God the, the Father and the Messiah and their yeah. real power that they give you when you're willing to believe and accept it and obey him. Yeah. We on chapter six now? Chapter six now. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who had were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain. And there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, is near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall I buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down and number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. 
Therefore they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the signs that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who is coming into the world. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. A couple of things here. Yes. Um, this is the second time now where John has reference to a feast day as a feast of the Jews. Yes. Do you have any insight on, on why he chose to say that in that way? Well, I could only guess it was not a feast that was observed by everybody else. And especially with the Passover, the Jews had changed it but at that time, so it wasn't exactly the way God had originally given it. And I don't know. Yeah, I would speculate that this kind of proves that John knew that his writing here, of what he was writing, was going to go to people not only Jews, but outside, to, to everybody else, to yes. everybody. Uh, the other thing is, is I, I think it's uh, worth noting here, verse 15, Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. So they were so, again, once again, we've we've talked about this many times in the past, but they were so convinced that he was going to be the conquering king at that time. At that time, yes, that they were ready to take him by force and make him be the king, and, <laughs> and he wanted nothing of it. No. He knew his mission, and that wasn't it. Yeah. this time. That's right. Okay. So then he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. Now, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose, because a great wind was blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that one which his disciples had entered and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples but his disciples had gone away alone however other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks when the people therefore saw Jesus was not there nor his disciples they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus and when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has sent his seal on him, set his seal on him. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see and believe you? What work will you do 
Our fathers ate manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to him, to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me I will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So that's pretty plain language yeah. about yeah. when you'll be changed and see God. He's not really up. speaking in parables too much here. He's, he's just so, telling them how it is. Except he is, this reference to bread is, mm-hmm. is symbolic. I mean, a physical bread nourishes our physical body, but he's saying here that the Spirit of God through faith in Christ will come into us to nourish and sustain our spiritual lives in the same way. And that is the bread he gives us. And that is the bread in the Lord's Prayer that they're asking for. I would assume, yes, both. Both, pro- yeah, yeah, that's probably yeah. a good point, both. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which comes down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God, he has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever, and the bread I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. And of course, that symbolizes his body that he would would be killed, he would give up. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. 
These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Of course, he's speaking figuratively there. Yeah, but but still pretty straightforward. I mean, yeah. it's not like a story that you have to interpret, and then they're coming to him and saying, yeah. how do we interpret this story? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely using metaphor and, and figurative speech, mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I think it's, I mean, I'm sure most of our listeners know this well, but it's important. I, I think about it all the time is no one comes to the, the son unless the father draws them. That's right. And I think there are a lot of people in this world that think we need to be going out and winning converts with with our speech and, and the things we say and the things we do. And I'm not fully disagreeing with that. The Father may use us from time to time to help him convert, but he is the one that does it. He is the one that draws. He is the one that sees their heart. He draws them, and then perhaps we offer ourselves up to help in that process. But I I just don't think that we are supposed to be out trying to drag people by the hair and into a a Sabbath day congregation and make them worship the Messiah. You can't make people do what they don't want to do from the in a willing heart. Uh, But as when Christ sent out the disciples. sent out the 70 and others and the commission he gives to us is to teach it and to preach it and to live it and be an example mm-hmm. so that God whoever and whatever God puts on a person's heart that may inspire them but only God calls whom he wants it in any age or any time God is not in some battle with Satan I mean he reveals through his plan and through the word of God that the here and now is not the only place and time that he's going to deal with humanity. But is Satan in a battle with God? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. God doesn't care really about that, but but I think in Satan's mind, he's in a deep battle with God. Yeah. yeah but God has it all planned out. Yeah, and we know who wins. Yeah. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Here again, he's making a... Uh, explanation to them. He's talking about the, what is that bread? The spirit, the yeah. That your comes, fathers yes. ate manna and died. Yeah. But if you eat this spirit bread, take this spirit into you yeah. willingly yeah. that He gives you. That's your sustenance. Just like physical bread uh, sustains the physical body. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who. They were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I've said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Hmm. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we've come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, 
Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you as a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. So here's Simon Peter's attitude was, well, what, what we else may we not understand. Yeah, we yeah. may not understand, but we got nothing better. Right. Hey, you're it. We'll, we'll stay with you until we do. There's a lot in that chapter. Yes, it's an there important is. chapter. Very important chapter. But it reveals that that spirit that gives the life, which is, is signified by his flesh and his blood. Focus on the right things. Yes. The scriptures are great. The manna was great for the fathers. But focus on the really important thing, which is, is his Holy Spirit. Yes. And a life with him. We ready for chapter 7? I suppose we must be. All right, let's do it. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. Now, the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. Once again, he he calls it the Jews. Yeah. Of course, it was originally God's feast. He told Israel that. Okay. Uh, And as we've said over and over, Jews is now synonymous with With Israel during this time. Yeah, children of Israel. Yeah. His brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. They're again pushing him to be king. I mean, that's kind of in the same vein. No, even his brothers did not believe in him. So it's not clear there that's what they were doing. Mm. They were Okay. It's possible they were wanting to shut him up or show him up. Oh, okay. It says, for even his brothers. That's talking about his physical brothers. They did not believe Mm. in him. That your disciples also may see your works. Okay. Then Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that its works are evil. You go up to this feast. I'm not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. When he had said these things to them, he remained in Galilee. But when his brothers had gone up, then he he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much complaining among the people concerning him. Some said, he is good. Others said, no, on the contrary, he deceives the people. However, no one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, how does this man know letters, having never studied? Well, of course, he's the author. He's been going there for, well, and he's been going there since he's 12. But he didn't receive it from them. Right, right. He didn't go to their schools or Gamaliel like Paul or anything like that. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it's from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law, yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? The people answered and said, You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered and said to them, 
I did one work, and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to appearances, but judge with righteous judgment. They're still quarreling with him about healing that man on the Sabbath. Yeah. And his answers are um, irrefutable. Yeah, it's not wrong to do good on the Sabbath. Right. I mean, judge righteously. The, The law concerned not working on the Sabbath was to restrain people from doing their customary job and make them stop and have a holy convocation with one another and with God. When he says, if anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine whether it is from God or whether I speak of my own authority, the works itself should prove that I can heal a man, so obviously that is from God. Yeah. I mean, if somebody came around us and was able to <laughs> heal people in their infirmities like that, I, I think it'd be pretty obvious that they have some something helping them. Yes. Verse 25. Now some of them from Jerusalem said, Is this not he whom they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? However, we know where this man is from. But when the Christ comes, no one knows where he's from. Then Jesus cried out as he taught in the temple, saying, You both know me, and you know where I'm from, and I have not come of myself, but he who has sent me is true, whom you do not know. But I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. Therefore they sought to take him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not come. And many of the people believed in him and said, We're... When the Christ comes, he will do more signs than these which this man has done. Hmm. Will he do more signs? That's a question. Oh, okay. They're saying basically he's done so many signs. But yeah. They're kind of supposing that's got to be the Messiah. Okay. Yes. The Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Then Jesus said to them, I shall be with you a little while longer. And then I will go to him who sent me. You will seek me and not find me, and where I am you cannot come. Then the Jews said among themselves, Where does he intend to go? We shall not find him. Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What is this thing that he says, You will seek me and not find me, and where where I am you cannot come? On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. John kind of explaining things there. Right, what the living water would be, the Holy Spirit. Therefore, many from the crowd, when they heard the saying, said, Truly this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Will the Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem where David was? 
so there was a division among the people because of him. Now some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. Then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees, who said to them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, No man ever spoke like this man. Then the Pharisees answered him, Are you also deceived? How any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, he who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he's doing? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has ever risen out of Galilee. And everyone went to his own house. Nicodemus, of course, from chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Same man. Yeah. He was one of the Pharisees who yeah. followed him by night or when it was secret, but openly in the day, you know, he was playing politics with it. He didn't want to be seen. Yeah, and he probably would have been kicked out of their little boys club if if they had known. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they just accused him of it right here, yeah. uh, right there at the end. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty straightforward stuff, and and as we said in the in the beginning of starting John here, a lot about the Holy Spirit and and the importance of the Holy Spirit, more of the spiritual stuff, uh, but still some of the same stories. You know, the the feeding with the uh, the feeding the four thousand, a um, few other same stories, but definitely exploring more of the spiritual side of things. Okay, we ready for chapter eight? Yes, sir. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him. And he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Let's pause there. I think there's a a really big lesson here, and one that I've considered a lot. Is the law of Moses said a woman that is, or a man, anyone that's caught in adultery like that should be stoned to death. But here the Messiah is overriding that command as we in the New Testament also do for some things, correct? Well, I would say it's a little more than that here. He's showing an example before everybody that there's a different way when you accept Christ and you repent of your sins and you come to God, you will be forgiven, not killed. 
Okay. Okay. It's that former way was, as we've said over and over, the way God was controlling a lawless society with people that had evil hearts. Didn't have the heart to love him. Yeah, in order to keep goodness in the society. But he's showing a a different example of how God will deal with people who truly come to see that they've done wrong or willing to repent and to change it. He's just setting a different example here where your accusers, everybody has sins. Everybody is worthy of death. We all are. But there's a different way Mm. when we accept Christ as our Savior. And he's using this example to illuminate that. Okay. He's not saying it's uh, it's okay to He's not letter of the law here, though, is, is I guess my point is, you know, the law said that she should be stoned. So, you know, in, in some... In some ways, I think Sabbatarians, we try and follow every single letter of the law. No, we just say we do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We say that, and then except for this. Except except for that. that. Right. Okay. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I try to go back and start at the beginning and walk through every bit of the legal issues and the transitions in God's Word as they come. There's a different way. Just like concerning divorce uh, i think it's in matthew 19 when god uh, they're issuing talk the discussion came up about divorce and god said and christ said in the law of moses it was allowed but in the beginning it was not so in other words in the very beginning god designed with humanity with his holy spirit that was in the tree of life to walk in the knowledge of what was right and wrong from the very beginning and have a, a different spirit, a different attitude. But once they rejected that, then there were con- compromises put in place in order to manage the chaos that would come about. The same way the people at the foot of the mountain rejected the same thing. When they refused God face to face, so they did not accept his spirit as a nation. So there was the law of Moses put upon them to constrain the evil of people with evil hearts. And Christ is not saying that law is done away. Still, there's a penalty for evil and doing wrong. Well, but, and this is the one re- uh, one thing that, that can result in divorce. Yes. Sexual immorality. Yeah, and back then you were the it resulted in death. It wasn't allowed if you wanted to live and be a part of society. But here Christ is illuminating a different way in which he will deal with all humanity. Because even those who executed people in adultery had their own sins. And let this be a lesson to us all that we have all sinned. We are all those people walking away, and we shouldn't be going around pointing fingers at everyone else's sin. Worry about your own. Worry about repenting for those and and worry about ridding your life of them and let other people worry about their own lives and and their relationship with God. That's exactly right. But you still have an order within society because we're not yet— the kingdom of God is not yet fully here in which— there will be no human beings, physical human beings, to do this, or even the millennium when there will be a different spirit of God poured out on all flesh. 
he's he's just saying illuminating a difference in how God deals with those who are willing to repent and change. Yeah. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I am from, come from and where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh, the physical things. I judge no one, and yet I do judge. My ju- if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I'm not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Then they said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he was taught as he taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. Then Jesus said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself? Because he says, Where I go, you cannot come. And he said to them, You are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And they said to him, Who are you? And Jesus said to them, Just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself. But as my father taught me, I speak these things, and he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I want to just make a statement there. He says, it does not say, if you believe I am Christ, mm-hmm. okay, it says, if you abide in my word. It's not enough to just say, I believe he's the Christ. You must abide in his word, in what he says, what he teaches, and what he commands. And abide to doesn't do. mean read it. No, it just means read to it. live in it. Right. Live in it and, and practice it. And that is what makes you free. Back to our, our episode on freedom. Yes. It is his word that makes you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. 
They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, because I heard, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. You, we have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Question. Because you're not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he's a liar and the father of it. Because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you're not of God. Then the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And you say, If anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It's my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. And your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. He looked to the future and knew that there would be a, a redeemer. Messiah, yes, a redeemer. the redeemer, just right. like Job did, yes. Then the Jews said to him, You're not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. So, of course, the, the I am there, they, they took great offense to that. But really, this whole chapter is just more of him going back and forth with them, arguing with them uh, that... And and there again, I, th- I think we discussed in uh, an earlier podcast, or gosh, it's probably last podcast. Again, it's been several weeks, so forgive us. Uh, but with the Samaritan woman, he came out and said, I am he. I yeah, am the I Messiah. Am, yes. he, he could say that here, but he's choosing not to. He's quarreling with them and, and trying to reason with them. And then those who have the ear to hear, hear it yeah, and receive it. Well, he's expressing the truth to them and showing them how what he's saying is rational. What they're saying is not. It's deceptive and it's wrong. It doesn't even really make sense yeah. when you examine this. And, and he's exposing the, the wrong that they were. 
And then when he says, I am, he's saying he's God. And they can't take that. And and I think it's interesting here how he, he accused them that their father was the devil. Um, mm-hmm. There again, all the way back to Genesis, where it says that enmity between your seed and her seed. Yeah. Uh, who is who is the seed of, of Satan? He says it right here. Those who who follow him, who are... Spiritually follow him. Yeah. 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 Liars. People and those that are contrary to the light that are contrary to the Messiah and, and what is good. Yes. All right, chapter 9. I think we got time for one more here. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And there are those who say if you're sick, then you had to be sinning. But that's Jesus brings out something that's a little contrary to that concept. Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes open? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. And it was the Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put clay in my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was division among them. They said to the blind man again, What do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said, He's a prophet. And the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight, till they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked him, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, You know that this is we know that this is our son, that he was born blind, but by what means he now sees we do not know. Or who opened his eyes we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He can will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already if anyone confessed that he was Christ, they would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, he, that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have have told you already and you did not listen why do you want to hear it again 
Do you also want to become his disciples? <laughs> then they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know from where he's from. The man answered and said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he's from. Yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of anyone who was born blind. If this man were from God, he could do nothing. If he were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, You're completely born in sin. And are you teaching us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Those who have will be given more. And those who have not, but think they do, is going to have it taken away. There it is. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remains. So he's effectively saying, If you were truly blind and didn't know any better, you wouldn't be under judgment for that. That, like the law said, but since you claim to see and believe because of what you're doing, your sin still remains. Like Nicodemus, for instance, who believed in Christ somewhat, <laughs> enough to follow him by night, well, but, he's but not completely. Yeah, he's, he's starting down his path, and he's probably one of them that says, how could this... How mm-hmm. could any man not of God heal like this man is healing, you know? Yeah. He was probably one of the ones making those arguments. Again, that's speculation. But uh, back to verse 28. Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciples, but we are Moses' disciples. Proving your point about the mediator. They say it right there in these two verses. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. So they're not... I I wonder if they even prayed to Moses. Who knows? I I have no earthly idea. Me neither, but... Probably didn't, but, you know, they're claiming that they follow Moses. Christ had just got through telling them, no, if you did, you'd believe what Moses said. Right. (laughs) So nothing they were doing is honest. It's a complete inability to to see yourself and be honest about what's going on inside you. That's why so much of Christ's uh, word to his disciples is about not being double-minded. Make sure your intent and your purpose is true and right for what you're doing. And be very careful because if you bring that humanity, that that, uh, self oriented power money importance those human initiatives into what you're doing sooner or later 
the darkness, of, the light that was given to you will become darkness. Yeah. And that's what had happened to these people completely. They summed up the problem with that, to professing to, to keep the commandments of God through the knowledge of what was right and wrong, good and evil, but without the true spirit of God, only an initiative of human nature and self-will. When they're lording it over people, shouldn't they be joyful that this man has received his sight? You would think so. Right? I mean, unbelievable. All right. Well, I think we'll close out here. Uh, we'll, we'll pick it up next time in John 10. And we thank you for listening and hope to talk to you next time. Bye-bye.